The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and so glad that you're on our show, and we want to honor you for being Intentional Spirits, and we just appreciate you as audience listeners and your participation with us and sharing the show with others. It means so much to us and that you follow us on Unity Online. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Speaking of amazing, we have an incredible guest today. He is a person that describes the defining moment in his life when he got a message intuitively as he was driving and because of listening to himself, It changed the course, not only of his life, but his profession and knowing what he was here to do. Bill Bennett, welcome to our show today. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Temple. It's uh, wonderful to be here. And so you had um, a defining moment. You were in a car. Kind of take us back to that story because it's very powerful. It actually goes back to 1999. I was in New Orleans at the time. And I was working. I had to go to the airport very early. It was before dawn. And I was uh, taking some back roads. I was approaching an intersection. There was a green light up ahead. I went to speed up to make sure that I got through on the green light because I was running a little bit late. And a voice, I heard a voice which said, slow down. And (laughs) I ignored it. I just I, I just dismissed it. I thought, that's strange. Maybe I'm imagining it. Maybe I haven't woken up yet. I haven't had my coffee. Um, again, I went to accelerate. The voice was more emphatic the second time. It said, slow down. And so I did slow down. And as I entered the intersection, a huge truck ran a red light on a cross street, hurtled through the intersection, just missed me. Um, if I hadn't slowed down, if I hadn't listened to that voice, that truck would have killed me. I had absolutely no doubt about that at all. That really was the defining moment. I pulled up on the other side of the intersection. I was shaking. I, I was, I was, um, you know, it had been such a close call. The adrenaline really kicked in. But I started to really ask, ask myself three questions. What was that voice? Where did it come from? And why did it save my life? And those three questions then really did propel me in, you know, from that point on, going way back then, those three questions really propelled me to examine it more, research more, and ultimately to make a film about it. 
And this film is designed to not only touch people that already are practicing their intuition, but people that question the value of their intuition. And the movie is the PGS, pgsthemovie.com. Um, describe to us what PGS is. Well, Temple, what, what I came to understand is this, is number one, we all have intuition. Um, we're born with it. We come into this incarnation with it. With it. it is what I, what I proposed in the film and what, I end up speaking to some of the world's leading experts on intuition and they validated this proposal that I put to them. That is that intuition is a legitimate functioning system as legitimate as any other bodily system in, you know, that we have, like our digestive system, our central nervous system, our immune system and so forth. Our intuition is as legitimate a system as one of those systems. It's just that it works within our energetic realm. And because it works within our energetic realm, science has a really hard time measuring it, defining it, and consequently a lot of science says it's not real. But, um, but yeah, so the purpose of intuition I determined was, num number one, the purpose of intuition is to keep us alive because we can't fulfill our destiny purpose if we're dead, <laughs> simple as that, or if we're infirm or if we're sick or if we're in hospital. So the number one purpose of intuition is to keep us alive. The second purpose of intuition is to keep us on purpose, keep us on our destiny path. And so in that sense, it is a guidance system. It's a navigational system. And hence the, this um, term that I've come up with, personal guidance system. And why do you think uh, that people challenge their listening? so much and and don't believe in it you know we used to say years ago that you initially get those small whispers and you want to learn to listen to those uh, small whispers so you don't ultimately get hit with a two by four you know so what is what is that about in our in our humanity i mean we we know that we we're so much more than what we ever think but what do you feel how do you assess that why is it something that people doubt and, and aren't willing to develop? Well, look, there's a number of ways to answer that. The first answer, and it's very, very obvious, is fear. Fear, um, fear stops most people from trusting their intuition. And the fear is based on this argument that the small self, if you like, which is what Paul Selig, a wonderful channel out of New York, Calls, his guides call our ego, our personality self, the small self, as with the higher self, the larger self. Um, and oftentimes the small self wins because the small self, the ego-based self, is the bully boy. It's the, you know, it shouts and screams the loudest and the, and the intuitive voice often whispers and, and is, um, you know, but, but what happens... Uh, look, this all comes down to what Lee Carroll, who's also in my film, talks about survival mode. Most of us are living in survival mode. And survival mode is um, anathema to intuition. It is ruled by intellect. It is ruled by rational, rational thinking. And we in the West have been brought up to believe that the only way forward is to use our intellect. But what I believe 
is that the intellect keeps us small. It keeps us contracted. It keeps us in the here and now. The intellect always, or almost by definition, the intellect works from past experience, from past knowledge. And because of that, it always, it always draws from what's known. Intuition draws from what's not known. It, it, does, it does tap into divine universal knowledge. And it leads to expansion, to discovery, to innovation, to originality, to freshness. Um, it leads to creativity. Our intellect keeps us small and always draws on what's known from the past. Um, you know, I say that intellect contracts, intuition expands. I, I love that. And I, I say that uh, all the time, that our intellect will continue to reproduce only through limitation where it's already at, what it already knows, like you said. Whereas the component of the PGS or the God personalized system or however it is defined in that way opens up the door. When we, when we look at unity and we talk about the component of um, heaven and earth, you know, to us, heaven is not a, uh, a place of real estate. It's a place of consciousness. And when we look at the body um, with the chakras, uh, the heaven chakras are from the heart up and the part of the earth is from the heart down. And um, you're so right of that part of our root chakra, our belief systems, our survival mechanisms, our mentalizing, our intellectualizing, and all those kind of things are happening where is where it seems that, in my humble opinion, is where, so in the heaven and earth capacity, it's so clear, as you're saying, that from the heart up is heaven, meaning our third eye, our ability to see and scan and the throat chakra, the power of communications and the I am connection. And I just find this stuff so fascinating. And that's why, you know, people like you, it's so important that we get your work out there um, to be part of an awakening that's so ready to be had because of the masses that continue to live in just the mental part and the uh, the physical part of their body versus the developing of these skills that they have that puts them in a place beyond measure. But, you know, Temple, it's interesting. Um, our Western medical system, our Western scientific system, won't even acknowledge that the chakra system exists or that we have an energetic system within our body. And yet it, it has been something that has been taken for granted in the East for thousands of years. And while ever we have um, you know, a science-based, medical-based profession, professional attitude that our energetic system doesn't exist, our chakra system doesn't exist, well, you know, going back to what you said before, why are so many people doubting intuition? One of the reasons they're doubting intuition, I believe, is because they're placing too much belief or too, they're placing too great a need on science to validate and prove that intuition exists. But, you know, we know intuition exists because we can see it working. Uh, I had a screening last night and this, this morning before I took this call, 
I had two emails from people telling me stories similar to the one that I that I outlined in my film, you know, about how a voice, you know, told me to slow down and I narrowly got hit by, narrowly missed getting hit by a truck. I'm getting these stories all the time from people, you know, saying similar things. But intuition is working, you know. It's just that our medical and scientific um, professions don't acknowledge that what I call mystical intuition exists. Well, because when um, individuals really realize the inner self-reliant um, power that they have, they can't be controlled by external faculties. You know, they, they are no longer controlled by the external world. And that's part of our programming, isn't it? That we stay programmed by the external world. Uh, that we buy the products, we do the pharmaceuticals, we we uh, live in fear. Uh, we want somebody else to just come in and make our world better uh, with very little participation of our own. Um, so it it's just, it's real clear how the steps and the stages continue over and over again. Uh, that's why the Unity Online Radio and shows like this and things that you're doing out there and things I'm doing out there are so important because we literally teach people to start thinking for themselves, to start asking questions and mm. looking and working with that intuitive faculty of does this feel right? Because mm. if you keep getting time and time again, it doesn't feel right, it won't look right, and therefore it won't become right. Um, mm. And, you know, and you save yourself a lot of years that way. You know, I mean, I look back now, mm -hmm. the first you know, drink of alcohol I ever had, my gut, my intuitive self, because I knew as a child I was intuitive. I may not have used that word, but I knew there was something within me that knew what it knew. And um, nobody else was talking about it. But um, I knew the first time I, I drank that I, I knew that that wasn't the path for me to go. And, and went on in my personality, not listening and trying to prove myself for 15 years that my intuition was wrong. Uh, <laughs> you know, ultimately I gave in and, um, and, and so grateful for that, that I survived myself, but that listening was right there from day one that said, this is not yours to do. I mean, people get married. I've, I've dealt with people in counseling. They're walking down the aisle, Bill. And their intuition is said has has told them you're not making the right choice. Yeah. But for either looking good or uh, well, I'll just you know this is what other people said I'm supposed to do or be or you know whatever yeah. they they yeah. don't listen and it it does it, it these kind of moments do create a life of struggle yeah. because it's not one like, of authenticity. It's so true, Temple. Um, you know, those people walking down the aisle, that personal individual walking down the aisle and having that sense of, get me out of here, this is not right. Uh, I mean, what chance does that marriage have of lasting? Um, you know, if if that intuitive self is saying something so, so powerfully at that point... Um, <laughs> It takes a very brave person, you know, just to sort of stop and say, 
hold on, get me out of here. It's not, I don't, I don't feel right about this. No one would do that. They go, they go forward. And it's one of the reasons why I believe so many people are so unhappy in life. It's because they haven't followed guidance. You know, whether it's a, a decision in a relationship, whether it's a decision in the course that their life is taking through what they do and the, with their work or where they live or whatever it is, our guidance, our, our personal guidance system, our intuition will tell us the right thing to do. But most of us don't listen to it. Most of us do, as you said before, do what other people say is the right thing to do or they follow what is supposedly called their common sense. Or again, this this term logic and intellect says, well, really, I should take that job because it is higher paying. But my gut says that I'll be really unhappy. And they get to, you know, they get 10, 20 years down the track and they wonder why they're starting to have health issues. They wonder why they're depressed. They wonder why they're, you know, starting to take drugs or drink too much or whatever. Um, and it's because they haven't followed their guidance. Because if they follow their intuition, if ever those critical points in their life, they take the intuitive path rather than the path that's expected of them, then they will end up happy. Because that is the purpose of their life, to fulfill that path, to walk that path. It's really what I believe. I, I believe so much unhappiness, so many health issues, a cause because people haven't followed the guidance. No doubt. And and because people um, still don't seem to know that the rules are written by the select few that have broken them, you know, policy uh, dictates and mandates uh, structure and people don't understand it's because policies are written by people that have broken the rules. I mean, it just is one thing after another. And um, and people go to, I mean, there are people that spend more time investigating the car they're going to buy um, than when they go, uh, they have a hip problem or something's wrong with their elbow. And they just listen to the first story that's told to them, the first explanation. Oh, I need to do this because you said so. And I find it fascinating. I had a uh, gentleman over to my house one time and he was uh, telling me that, you know, he had had a major surgery uh, a few years prior. And he said ever since then he's had problems and his, his eyes uh, like weep. And his nose runs. And I said, so mm, what do you think about that? And he said, well, I've gone to a number of doctors and, you know, they're telling me that I need to have surgery. And I said, are you on medication? And he said, oh, yeah, I'm on, you know, four different kinds. And I said, so intuitively, I got this hit that mm, there's a there's a connection there. And so I said, let's just play, you know, because <laughs> he was a friend and I wasn't making any medical claims, but I just wanted to play with what my intuition was telling me. Three out of the four medications he was taking, the side effects were runny eyes and runny nose. And I said, you would think that people that you were going to in the profession that you're paying to be the experts would have kind of thought of that. Um, 
it just it it's 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 not only a luxury or a place of being in greater happiness it's essential to I, I mean i just feel like we're at a critical time right now that being in truth and walking in truth and listening to your own truth is really where we all need to be and it's just knocking on our door every way that we look and um it's so necessary and that's why i'm urging all of you to to get this movie to buy it to share it with friends to uh, share it with others and to share it with the masses not just the choir of the people that already are you know into the practice or deepening their practice but get the word out there um this movie is as an Im- is as impactful as the secret and we don't need it to be a secret we need people to to listen to it and hear about it and um what are some of your moving forward goals bill with this film Temple, what I want to do with this film is I want to demystify intuition because a lot of people, I think, are very wary of it because they think it's woo-woo. They think it's um, something that they're very suspicious of it. Um, they, They find it very intangible and they don't understand how it works. Very quickly, what I have up now, that accident, near accident happened um, what, 1999, that's, um, what, 19 years ago now. And during this period, I've really been reading and researching and trying to figure out what intuition is. And the conclusion that I've come to is this, that intuition can be put into three broad categories. What I call survival intuition, which is survival of the species, and that's that kicks in with our fight-or-flight um, system. Then there's what I call cognitive intuition, which is intuition based on expert knowledge. And that's intuition that um, a CEO might use their cognitive intuition to make a gut decision about something to do with their their, their company or their business. But it's based on that expert knowledge that that person has. Athletes use intuition often to win a game or, you know, what they do. Ethan Senna, the Formula One driver, racing car driver, said that you know, when he drove, he shifted into another dimension, but that's based on his expert knowledge of driving. The third category of intuition is what I call mystical intuition, which is intuition from the divine. It cannot be categorized by intellect or expertise or logic or anything like that. It is a voice that says slow down. It comes through dreams, synchronicities, coincidences, moments of deja vu, um, clairvoyance, and so forth. It can't be explained rationally or scientifically. And that's the intuition that works within the energetic realm. Um, and it is legitimate. It is real. It does work. But as I said before, science um, science can't measure it. And because science can't measure something, they dismiss it. What I'm trying to do with this film is I'm trying to make intuition accessible. You know, I sort of have um, come up with this term, real-world intuition. And one of the things that I'm saying to people you know, which which kind of is is um, um, a no go area for a lot of spiritualists and New Age people. Is I'm saying, forget meditation. You know, people think that you need to meditate to become more intuitive. That's nonsense. Number one, you are intuitive um, anyway. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to make you more intuitive. And what that means is that you 
you know, you've got to find the tools to be able to tap into a system that's already there. Um, and certainly meditation does help, but you don't need to meditate. What you need to do, first off, is become aware that intuition exists and then start to pay attention to the way intuition tries to connect with you because it's pinging you all the time. You know, it's sending you what I call DDMs, direct divine messaging, all the time in various ways. And it's very creative and it's very persistent. And if it doesn't get you one way, it's going to get you another way. You know, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, if you're not going to listen to your gut, gut response, then it's going to send you a sign some way to numerology or, you know, sometimes people just come right up to you and tell you what you need to hear. And then later on you realize, my goodness, if I hadn't walked down that street and gone into that shop and bumped into that person, they never would have said that. But that is exactly what I needed to hear at that time to make that decision. This is how intuition works. So to get back to your question, you know, what do I want to do with this film? I want to make intuition accessible. Ideally, I would like to have this term PGS become an an acronym for intuition. So in other words, it becomes a a term that's interchangeable with the word intuition because if I can do that, then then I've done done my job. (laughs) I've got intuition out to the world, and that's what I want to do. Well, because we're talking about a, a personalized guidance system. That's your PGS, correct? It's your personal guidance system. And I would like to see intuition uh, taught in the public school systems. Yeah. That's what I would really like to see, the space held for that, the teaching around that, the energy around that. Uh, But, of course, that requires educators to owning that faculty within themselves so that they can hold the space to be an effective to be an effective teacher um, Mm -hmm. instead of just through the intellect or what the book says or what the, you know, what the format says, uh, but to learn to come from that place. um, That would be ideal. I can I can hold that for you and that big dream list. Uh, and make that connection. I want to remind everyone that you can actually call in and you can talk to Bill Bennett, the creator of the film, the PGS movie. You can go to the website, pgsthemovie.com. And we would love you to call in and and talk to us. It's 816-251-3555. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. I heard from a young lady who was just starting out as a Unity minister, and she said... I am not teaching prosperity yet in my ministry because I have not yet demonstrated it in my own life. 
And I don't think I should teach what I have not demonstrated. And I wrote her back and said, honey, <laughs> you've got it all backwards. You need to teach what you want to learn. You teach what you want to demonstrate because you cannot demonstrate what you do not know. There must be an inworking before there can be an outworking. To find out more about Unity Teachings, visit unity.org. Did you know you can reach You Can Reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer or call 816-969-2000. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment. Unity founder Charles Fillmore is quoted as saying, Here is a mental treatment guaranteed to cure every ill. Sit for half an hour every night and mentally forgive everyone against whom you have any ill will. The act of forgiveness is powerful medicine. Is there someone in your life that you can work on forgiving? Try this exercise tonight. To forgive is to set yourself free. Find out more about Unity at unity.org. Would you like to experience more peace and joy in your life through A Course in Miracles? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley support you in discovering the powerful life lessons available through this unique spiritual thought system that teaches the way to love and peace is through forgiveness. Join Jennifer every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, to experience the healing for yourself on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Bill Bennett. He is the creator of the Personalized Guidance System. He is committed. He's donating the time of his life to the PGS, the movie.com, to bring to the awareness to the masses that intuition is not only very real, it's a given gift that we all have. It doesn't cost anything. It simply wants to be used, exercised, acknowledged, and it can only grow and deepen in your life by developing a trust muscle and listening to it. Bill, I'm just so honored that you're on our show today. I do want to encourage people once again to call in 816-251-3555 and participate in our connection and ask some questions. We'd love to have you, love to have you join us. You know, in the first segment, you were talking about the different categories of intuition. And I would like to even personally hear more about that and have you elaborate on, on the piece of conversation, because to me, I felt like it would hit home with a lot of people, especially the highly stimulating thinking styled people. Well, thank thank you, Temple. Because as far as I know, this is um, this is new thought. 
<laughs> in the sense that and I, I, um, you know, I read widely now on intuition. And when I first started out, I was very confused about what intuition was because it seemed to be a term that was bandied around and covered a whole bunch of different things. And there was no clear kind of delineation between you know, what one person called intuition, what another person called intuition. And I started to think about this very deeply. And this, and this, this really sort of came to me over a period of a couple of years. It wasn't sort of fast. But what I realized was that, that intuition could be broken down into three broad categories. And, you know, I talked before about survival intuition, cognitive intuition, and mystical intuition. Survival intuition is intuition from the body. Cognitive intuition is intuition from the mind. Uh, mystical intuition is intuition from the soul, which is you know, what I've come to believe. But survival intuition is primitive, it's animalistic, it is the intuition that uh, looks to keep our species alive, keep the individual alive. It works through the fight-or-flight system. Um, it is the intuition that a mother or a parent has for the safety and well-being of their child. I've heard um, there was a wonderful story that uh, somebody told me after they'd seen my film, they said, um, what happened was this, they, they were overseas, they were in Singapore, um, based there, they were people working in the financial sector, and um, this woman's husband um, was holding a luncheon party for some very important financial people in Singapore, and she was talking to the wives of these people, and she had this sudden... Um, what was it? She said um, she she felt this. She had this physical feeling of cold, of like water in her body. And so what she and she looked around for her son. Uh, she had uh, given them. They, they had a maid, and it was that sort of <laughs> setup where they had a maid, and it was the maid's job to look after their child. The child, I think, was three three years old. Um, and she was talking to these women and she had this sudden rush of like icy water through her body. And she went, oh my God, my son's in danger. And so she raced out and they had a big pond in their backyard. Um, and she rushed over to the pond and there was her child lying face down in the water. The maid had gone off and done something else and, and had been inattentive for a few moments. And so that to me, was an instance of survival intuition, you know, mother's intuition for the well-being of her child. But it also manifests in, um, in all of us. You know, we, we, we find ourselves in a place down a dark alley or walking in part of, a, part of a city or something where we just get the sense, I should not be here, I've got to get out of here. Now, that's what I call survival intuition. As I say, it's very animalistic, it's very primitive. It comes down to survival of the individual survival species. The, um, the second category of intuition is what I believe a lot of people think is intuition. And it's what I call cognitive intuition. And that's intuition which um, is really forgotten knowledge. It's knowledge that we have knowledge or experiences that we have so deeply subsumed that we have forgotten that we have that knowledge. I mentioned before about Ayrton Senna and about you know, the Formula One racing car driver. He was a world champion three, three times, and he talked about driving intuitively. But um, 
And you often see it with scientists. Scientists say they've made an intuitive breakthrough in their research. That intuitive breakthrough is based on their expert knowledge of whatever it is they're researching. Um, you know, the, the lab assistant couldn't have made that intuitive breakthrough because they didn't have that expert knowledge. Um, you know, as I said before, um, CEOs, experts in their field, they talk about making an intuitive decision. And they make this decision instantaneously. They don't even know. They, they, they feel it's an intuitive decision because they, they feel as though they have leapfrogged over the intellectual, rational process. You know, they've gone, right, I've got a gut feeling about this, I'm going to do this. But once again, it comes down to intellect. It comes down to them pulling from what I call their personal archives. Information comes comes instantaneously, and so they say it's intuitive. But once again, it's based on intellect. And as I say, that is intuition that comes from the mind. Mystical intuition, which is, you know, I'm, I am... Um, I get in trouble from my wife for saying this, but I say intuition, mystical intuition is the real intuition. That's the intuition that interests me. That's the intuition that saved my life. Mystical intuition comes from the divine. It comes from source. It comes from God or whatever you want to call it. It comes from the creator. But that is the intuition that I believe is your personal guidance system. That is the intuition that keeps you on your path, keeps you alive. Now, I've got to say, sorry, I should just take a little step aside here and say, because we are talking about intuition as an energetic system, uh, you know, and that, that's the case with survival intuition and cognitive intuition as well, there is crossover um, between the three categories of intuition. You know, so sometimes they're not clearly defined. Sometimes you can have an intuitive hit and it can be, um, you know, part survival intuition, part mystical intuition part cognitive intuition and so forth. You know, so there is there is a bit of blending and crossover between the three categories. Um, the mystical intuition, pardon me, is intuition that comes through dreams, that comes through synchronicities and coincidences. You know, all of these people, you, you've probably heard stories about 9-11 and the people who had a coincidence or a synchronicity that prevented them from going to work that day. Um, you know, the the person who always picked them up at that particular time of day on that particular day didn't. Thing, things happen. Now, that, I believe, is part of mystical intuition. It's no coincidence. Synchronicities don't happen for no reason. And this is the... Um, this is divine guidance. Um, as I say, it, it is it is mystical. It cannot be explained. And that is what, that's what I believe is... A guidance system, your personal guidance system. And Temple, I say it's a personal guidance system because it is personalized. Intuition works individually. Um, there are some people who have a greater sensitivity in their heart and they will feel an intuition in their heart. A greater, there are some people who have greater uh, sensitivity in their gut and they'll feel it there. Other people can see things clairvoyantly or through clear audience, hear a voice, things like that. Intuition connects with you personally. It's what I call bespoke. <laughs> it's bespoke <laughs> intuition, you know, because it it, um, it tailors according to what the individual needs. Um, it's fascinating, isn't it? 
It is fascinating. And as you're walking through the journey of intuition, I'm thinking of all the many times that in, intuition has literally, you know, saved my life. Um, yeah. Definitively. And um, it, it is. And I, I know that Ernest Holmes and the uh, Science of Mind said that there's two ways that we learn, either through trial and error, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> we know how that works, uh, short and long term. Uh, we keep trying to do the same thing and get different results often, uh, or intuition and um, and following that 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 feeling. Now, for the for the person that's tuning in uh, and someone that's going, I want more of this, or I I want to know more, I want to understand more, or I want I, I want to develop mine. Uh, what I would say is that. If you're going to take the time to learn, you know, enjoy the beauty of the film. Bill Bennett has won in Australia the equivalent of an Oscar for Best Picture so and Best Director. So this is a significant film, and that would be one thing. But, Bill, for a person sitting and, and listening today and going, um, I've kind of closed that part of myself off, or I'm assuming it's closed. What are some of the insights or some of the uh, thoughts that you would tell them about how can they step into this given skill that they have denied within themselves? Well, Temple, the, the film outlines five steps to accessing your intuition. And those five steps are these. Stop, listen, ask, trust, and follow. So, and... I'm in the process of writing a book on the film at the moment, which goes into these in more detail. But, but essentially, if, if somebody follows those five steps, stop, listen, ask, trust, and follow, then that will be a very, very good way to begin to access your intuitive system. First, you've got to stop, you know, because we're so busy, we're racing around, we're so connected, and, you know, we're, our lives are full of so many distractions how can we hear our intuitive voice when there's so much noise and clutter going on? We've got to stop. We've got to find time each day to stop, whether that's you know, actually sitting down and meditating or whether that's going for a walk somewhere um, or whether it's listening to beautiful relaxing music or gardening you know, or, or, or even I, I find the most intuitive time for the day for me is in the shower. Um, my intuitive system works overtime when I'm in the shower. You know, so stopping is terribly important. Then you've got to um, listen. Once you've stopped, you've got to listen, and and you've got to give, you've got to give place significance in what you're hearing. Because a lot of people dismiss, um, they they dismiss their intuitive voice. So yeah, one of the things I'll, I'll take a little aside here. One of the things that I've learned in the making of this film is this notion of first thought, best thought. Your first thought is your intuitive thought, and it's your best thought. But we dismiss it because it's crazy and it's wild. It's going to lead us down the wrong, <laughs> you know, into uncharted territory. And because of that, we don't trust it. Our second thought is our rational, considered thought, and that's the safe thought. And that is the thought that is going to have us continue on our life path the way it is, which is basically ignoring intuition and you know, bumping into walls and and so forth, and not achieving our true purpose. The first thought, best thought, is really important. Anyway, I've got off my thing. 
um, stop, listen, ask, a time she got to ask. And Judith Orloff, who's a psychiatrist who, who talks um, beautifully in my film, talks about the purity of the request. You will get answers if your request is pure, if your intentions are pure. But times you've got to ask. Stop, doesn't ask, trust. Trust is the big one because <laughs> that's the one that requires us to overcome fear. And fear rules our life, as you know. Um, but you've got to trust. And one way you begin to learn to trust your intuition is to test it out on very small things. You know, I say to people, um, you know, test it out with the parking angel, <laughs> what's known as the parking angel. Um, you know, have fun with it. Play games with it. You know, say, all right, the weather, weather forecast says it's going to be um, sunny today, but I'm going to take my umbrella because I actually think my intuition says it's going to rain. You know what? It rains. Um, if you start to work with it in the very small things, when the larger situations come up where your intuition is really needed, by that stage you've built up your trust so that you can start to um, to work with it and have your intuition guide you in the way that it's meant to. The last one is follow. Stop, listen, ask, trust, follow. Follow is critical because you can go through this whole process of even getting the point of trusting it, but if you don't act on it, then it's all been a total waste of time. You know? And you're going to go back to making um, rational, um, logical decisions, which will always keep you limited. So stop listen, ask, trust, follow. And the film um, looks at that in quite a bit of detail. My book will look at it in even more detail. Uh, tell us a beautiful story about someone that has worked with you and has had any, you know, something life-saving or life-altering or career opportunity or something simply because they have chosen to develop the PGS. There's um I was in I was interviewed very early on in the piece by a journalist and um it was a pre recorded interview and I was talking to this woman just as I'm talking to you now and she interrupted me and she put the recording on hold and she said, I have to tell you a story. And she told me a story about how she was driving with her husband who was also a journalist. They were really quite she described herself as being quite sort of skeptical. I don't know if she whether you use the word cynical, but I kind of gathered, you know, that was the headspace. But driving along, she was quite pregnant. She was quite um, near term, and she didn't have a seatbelt on. And suddenly her husband turned to her and said, put your seatbelt on. And she said, what do you mean? And she didn't have the seatbelt on because it, was too, it would have been too uncomfortable for her across her, you know, um, extended belly. He said, put your seatbelt on. And so she, he said it in such a way that she didn't question. She put the seatbelt on. Very soon after, only I think it was only minutes after, the tire blew out. The car swerved, hit, um, um, left the road, hit a ditch and upturned. Now, if she hadn't had her seatbelt on, she would have been thrown out of the car and she and the child probably would have been killed. So later on, she said to her husband, you know, when you said put the seatbelt on, what made you say that? And he said, look, I couldn't explain to you at the time, but I saw what was going to happen. I saw it clearly. I saw a swerving across the road. I didn't know what it was, you know, what had caused it. 
But I saw her swerving across the road. I saw her go, going into the ditch. I saw us overturning. Was, you know, it just came to me in a flash. Uh, and I didn't question it. I just said, put your seatbelt on. And so she's telling me this story while she's doing this interview with me. <laughs> and Temple, I've got to say, I've, I've heard story after story after story. I heard another story last night. Um, you know, about a similar kind of thing. I'll tell you another story that comes up, and this is one that I hear quite a few times now, is somebody's about to step off um, pavement across the road, and a hand grabs them from behind, grabs them normally by the shoulder, and holds them back, um, and they don't step off. And a car runs a red light or comes out of nowhere and screams past, and had they stepped off, they would have stepped right into the path of that car and they would have been killed. And they look around for, you know, the Good Samaritan who who held them back and grabbed them by the shoulder, and there's no one there. And they cannot explain it. They cannot explain what that physical sensation was that held them back and stopped them from stepping into the path of that car. And that's a story now I've heard multiple times. That's amazing, don't you think? It's totally amazing and so tremendously powerful. Um, when I was a teenager, I was waiting to get my uh, car, my license permit, and I just couldn't wait, you know. And so in the meantime, uh, my father bought me a, a motorcycle, and we lived in the country. And so I would get on the motorcycle every day and, you know, just love it, the open wind and the the beauty and the scenic route, et cetera. And on this one particular day, I just got this feeling just really strong that I should put my helmet on. And I didn't like the helmet, you know, because it was so confining. But I put it on. I pulled out of my driveway. I went to turn left into my neighbor's yard. A car was coming down the road, did not see me with the hand signal or the blinker, and hit me. And uh, it cracked the helmet. That would have been me. Well, we wouldn't be talking died. on this show today. <laughs> Let's just yeah, say that. Would that would have yeah. been that would have been it. That would have been you know yeah. all all over. And I love what you're saying. And I think that this is the part that that needs to be for people to understand that. This beauty of the personalized guidance system, it develops over time. It's it's like a muscle. The more you use it, the the stronger and the and the greater it works for you. Um, because you use it more. You know, like you yeah. were saying, it it's one thing to listen, but you continue to act upon it and then you start seeing the impact or the difference that it makes. And it's just, I think it's the difference for me between a good life. And this used to be the name of my radio show on unity online radio from good to amazing. Um, I found that most people didn't understand that in the marketing aspect. So <laughs> I changed it. But that being said, um, it, it really creates the space between the difference between someone having a good life or an amazing life because you're living in a realm where it is not a one size fits all. It's a, it's, it's like the celebration of how excited people were 
uh, back when you could put an address in your automobile and say, you know, this is the address where I want to go. And we were fascinating. Well, those of us that were willing to trust it, let me say that <laughs> and listen yeah. to what it said. And we would actually arrive at that place. And now we have ways and Google map and all that stuff. And we just love that. And it's just so hysterical because the modern day computer or technology system has shown us what we really already know. And it really is a reflection of us more than people, I think, even realize. You know, it's interesting that Temple, because in my research, in my research, I discovered that it was only 160 years ago that science discovered that germs cause disease. And that, when I started doing the maths on that, that was only like six or seven generations ago. Something as fundamental as germs causing disease wasn't discovered by science. Um, you know, um, it was discovered by science 160 years ago. So then I started to ask, well, what else? Okay, so before that, science didn't know that. And yet germs have always caused disease. So then I started to ask myself, what else doesn't science know? You know, so science tells us that intuition doesn't exist. It doesn't have a very good track record. <laughs> you know, really when mm -hmm. you come down to it, science is, science is only relatively new in the whole timeline of human endeavor. Science has really only existed as, um, you know, a way for us to learn about the world, only really within about the last 200 years or so. So, and yet you've got you've got sages and holy men and so forth from the east that have been saying what saying thousands of years ago what science now is starting to discover. You know, so one of the big breakthroughs for me, and I've got to say, I come from a scientific background. Both my parents were dentists. All my siblings have gone into the medical professions. I started off going to med school, and studying to be a doctor. Yeah, so I'm not dismissive of science because, um, you know, because of any intellectual inferiority or anything like that. I mean, I, I've, you know, I, I was brought up in an evidence-based background household. But the big breakthrough for me was when I discovered that I don't need science to prove that intuition exists. As soon as I made that breakthrough, as soon as I said, I'm going to dismiss science in this whole equation... And I'm going to now start to think outside of the limitations of science. I know that's heretical to a lot of people who might be listening to this. But for me, just talking personally, that was the biggest breakthrough. As soon as I said to myself, I don't need science to tell me that intuition exists, then I started to acknowledge the existence of intuition. And as soon as you acknowledge the intu the, that intuition exists, then you start to become willing to accept it into your life and work with it. And this comes back to what you were saying about it being muscle. You've got to work with it. You've got to acknowledge it first, then you've got to work with it um, and develop it and trust it. And as soon as you start doing that, you're going to start to see your whole life change. Things will happen. And you, you know, you'll have, you'll have these aha moments where you go, oh my goodness, you know, I did trust my intuition, that worked out well, okay, I'm now going to do this. I'm now going to trust the intuition in the choice of my job. And, you know, and then the job works out. Or in a relationship, you know, where 
your gut feeling is such that you go into a business or a personal relationship with somebody and it works out. You know, so it is a matter of developing that muscle and using it, starting with small things like you do with the gym. You don't go to the gym and start to, you know, bench press 300 pounds or whatever it is. You, know, right, you pick up right. the small dumb, dumbbells and start with that, you know, and you develop your muscles until you, until you can get the strength and the courage to lift bigger weights, the same with intuition. Absolutely. Well, Bill, Bill Bennett, I want to thank you of all the films that you could make because you're a well-known you know, guy in the industry that you've made a film that will impact humanity in, in the most dynamic way. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been lovely talking to you, Temple. Thank you. Until next time. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.